Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Today's episode comes courtesy of one of our patrons, Fern from Wales. This topic was her idea, so hope you enjoy the episode. And thank you to everybody who supports our show, whether it's through Patreon or just by watching. We really appreciate it. Five Terrifying Murders from Wales Murders happen everywhere. Even if you live in a small town, you might have heard of one or two cases that happen nearby. For this week, we're visiting the country of Wales. Although part of the UK, Wales has its distinct identity. But like any place, crime also happens there. These are five terrifying murders from Wales. Number five, Peter Moore Murders. It's one thing to love horror films, but for British serial killer Peter Moore, he took his admiration for them to a whole new level. Moore comes from North Wales. He ran a movie theater for his daily business and job. A fan of horror films, he was particularly fascinated with Jason Voorhees, the vicious serial killer from the Friday the 13th films. With this fascination came a deadly hobby. Between September to December of 2015, Moore lured four men, killed and mutilated them, just for fun. His first victim was 56-year-old Henry Robbers. He was a gay man who lived in Anglesey and was found stabbed to death in his home in September of 95. The following month, Moore met another gay man, 28-year-old Edward Carthy inside a gay bar. The two hit it off, but Moore eventually stabbed Carthy to death like he did his previous victim. This time he buried the body deep in Cloakenog Forest. His third victim became 49-year-old Keith Randalls. Randalls was a traffic safety manager. While he was sleeping inside his caravan, Moore attacked him and dragged him out. He then began stabbing the victim. When Randalls asked why, Moore replied, for fun. He later told cops he found a certain enjoyment in killing people. The last known murder victim was 40-year-old Tony Davies. He was married and was a father of two. Moore randomly stabbed him while at a beach in Abergal on the North Wales coast in December of 95. It turns out Moore was already a sick man since before then. For over 20 years, he had committed over 39 sexual attacks on men in the area. It's unclear why he was never jailed for these. During his trial, the jury heard from Moore 
and he told them the crimes he committed were done by a fictitious homosexual lover named Jason. Moore was found guilty on four counts of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Number 4. Megan and Harry Twos It was in July of 1993 at a farmhouse close to Lantricent, South Wales, when an elderly couple, Megan and Harry Twos, were found brutally killed. 67-year-old Twos and his wife, Megan, who was 65, were discovered dead in a cow shed at their farm. Both were shot in the head with a shotgun and then covered with a carpet. Officers who checked the house found that the couple seemed to be expecting a visitor since some of their finest china was laid out on the kitchen table. Nobody knew something awful had happened to the pair until their daughter Cheryl, who lived in southeast England, tried to reach them but couldn't. Police soon began a major murder investigation. While Cheryl asked the public for help, little did she know the main focus of the investigation would soon turn to someone she knew very well, her boyfriend, Jonathan Jones. According to police, Jonathan's motive for the crime was the $150,000 inheritance. What's more, police said his thumbprint was found on a saucer inside the Tooze's home. Jonathan was arrested based on this suspicion, even though there was no other evidence linking him to the crime. His girlfriend Cheryl never believed he committed the crime. She added, Jones was a frequent visitor to the home, and so it wasn't unusual for his thumbprint to be found on the saucer. In 1995, Jones was charged with the Tooze's murder and sentenced to life in jail. Cheryl helped champion his release, and this verdict was later overturned in 1996, and Jones was set free. Both Jonathan and Cheryl are now married. However, police still have no clue who could have murdered the elderly couple. There were several appeals and reinvestigations that followed. It led police to finding additional shotgun shells in areas close to the home. There was also an anonymous letter sent to the police that was of interest. Despite this, though, the identity of the killer remains unknown and the case is unsolved. Number 3. Harry Baker On the morning of August 28, 2019, police were called at around 5.50 a.m. regarding a disturbance at the Barry Intermodal Terminal in South Wales. When police got there, they discovered the dead body of 17-year-old Harry Baker from Cardiff. Baker's family describes him as a fun-loving son and brother who always believed that family time was precious. His family and friends were shocked at what happened and are at a loss for the incident. The circumstances regarding the teen's death are still being investigated, but soon after his body was found, police arrested three men, ages 33 and 36, who were both from Barry, and one woman, who was 38 years old, from Carmarthenshire, on suspicion of murder. The woman was later released. Days after the body was found, police were appealing to local stores or any person that might have been in the area so they could access and review CCTV and dash cam footage, which could possibly help the investigation. Following this, several more people were arrested and charged with murder, bringing the total to eight people. The latest person arrested around September of 2019 was Leon Simmons, who was 21 years old, and a 16-year-old boy, 
both of them were from Cardiff. Currently, eight people have been jailed over the murder. Details and information about the crimes are still limited, and police haven't released any additional information except about the arrests. Number 2. Karen Price It was on July 2, 1981, when 15-year-old Karen Price from Cardiff, Wales was last seen. Price, at the time of her disappearance, was living at a residential children's home. It's unclear whether she has any parents or relatives who looked for her. Ten years passed and still no word on what happened to the young teen. That is, until two construction workers from Cardiff found a rolled-up carpet while installing a garden behind a home. Curious about the item, the workers unrolled it, only to be greeted by the skeletal remains of a young female. Authorities were called and soon an investigation was underway. Entomologists came in to study the insect eggs around the discovery site to help determine how long the body had been there. They discovered that the young female was placed in the carpet 10 years ago in 1981. Initial efforts to identify her were fruitless. It wasn't until Richard Nee from Manchester University made a clay facial reconstruction of the victim that her identity was revealed and it was missing teen Karen Price. With the help of the clay reconstruction and DNA samples from her parents, police were positive the body was Price. According to authorities, Price was a runaway who had turned to prostitution during that time. In 1991, two men, Idris Ali and Alan Charlton, functioned as her manager and pimped her out into prostitution, and both men were arrested. Ali had his charge reduced from murder to manslaughter and was released in 1994. Meanwhile, Charlton is still in jail after being sentenced to life. In 2014, his case was referred to the Court of Appeal. There were accusations the conviction was reached with an abuse of process. Apparently, several officers from the South Wales Police were involved in the controversial murder inquiries of Lynette White and Philip Saunders, where six men were wrongfully convicted. Regarding the Price case, there were also breaches in the Police and Criminal Evidence Act of 1984 and the Pace Code of Practice. In 2016, the appeal was dismissed by the Court of Appeal in London. Number 1. Clidac Murders When first responders and journalists arrived at the small town of Claddock, They thought they were there to report on a tragic fire. It wasn't until a press conference by the officers revealed the true horror behind the incident. On the early morning of June 27, 1999, firefighters rushed to a home on Kelvin Road after neighbors reported a fire. When they entered the house, they discovered four bodies inside. The bodies weren't just victims killed in the fire, but instead... It was apparent they were killed prior to the fire starting. The victims included divorcee Mandy Powers, who was 34, her two young daughters, 10-year-old Katie and 8-year-old Emily, and her mother, 80-year-old Doris Dawson. The entire family had been clubbed to death using a four-foot metal rod before the fire was started. Mandy was discovered naked and was sexually assaulted after her death. The murder rocked the small, tight-knit community. Days and weeks following the murder, Mandy Powell's love life became the focus of the investigation. 
Police believe it was a crime of passion since the murder weapon was already in the home and that the killer or killers may have been known to the victim and family. Though Mandy was divorced, she had dated various men before, but was also involved with women. It turns out she had an ongoing affair with another woman, also a mother of two, by the name of Allison Lewis. Initially, suspicion fell on Mrs. Lewis, including her husband and her husband's twin brother, Stuart, since the latter two were active police officers, but no charges were ever brought against them. Then another suspect came into view, builder and scrap dealer David Morris. Apparently, Morris had disapproved of Mandy's friendship with his girlfriend, Mandy Jewell. The night of the murders, Morris was seen at a pub drinking and having a fight with his girlfriend who walked out on him. He was then heard calling Mandy Powers evil and grew angry whenever others came to her defense. At some point that night, he ended up at the home and murdered the victims. Morris wasn't initially a suspect, but he made the mistake of admitting to a relative that a crucial piece of evidence, a gold chain, that was discovered by police at the crime scene was actually his. The relative mentioned the statement to a friend who then told an off-duty officer about it. This elevated Morris from a person of interest to a likely suspect. Morris first denied he owned the chain, even reproducing an exact replica of it that he had purchased. However, he later admitted the chain was his, but that he left it at the home prior to the murders when he went there for coffee. But authorities also found additional forensic evidence tying Morris to the crime scene. A small amount of paint found on the gold chain also matched the paint inside of Morris's kitchen. His statements regarding his alibi on the night of the murders were also questionable. What's more, Morris had prior convictions for violent behavior and robbery. During the trial, David Morris was found guilty of murdering the four victims. It's believed he may have attacked them after getting angry with Mandy. The initial verdict was quashed on appeal and a retrial had to be started for the case in May of 2006. This time, he was found guilty again and was sentenced to life. In 2017, Morris's lawyers tried to file an appeal, but this was denied. So there were five terrifying murders from Wales. Murders can happen anytime, anywhere, and regardless of location, there are many chilling and gruesome stories that show just what humans can be capable of doing. If you enjoyed watching this video, then please consider supporting us on Patreon and subscribe to our channel. We have new videos coming out every Wednesday and Saturday we know you'll want to check out. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you soon. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.